0: Kayla Sprayberry
1: Hub Funding Solutions. And thank you very much for joining us here in the Crude Life Media Network. And i love to talk a little bit about some uh, money issues and some investment opportunities and that sort of thing. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, we're going to talk about a conference or an event that Kayla went to where there was a lot of things happening in the world of uh, economics of oil and gas. And then, of course, we'll transition that into uh, how... She can assist anybody looking at getting uh, uh, some monies and everything else like that. So how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good.
0: Thank you.
1: Yeah, well, you know, thanks for joining us here today to talk a little bit about the conference and then uh, ways that people can, you know, get some capital so that they can uh, get either back in the game or extend the game or, or get some business things going, that sort of thing. But uh, first, what was the conference that you attended?
0: Yeah, it was the Economics of Oil and Gas. It was presented by Tim Snyder of Matador Economics. Um, Carr Ingham and uh, Baron Lucas of EHS was there as well. I mean, it was just really, it was really amazing. I got the invite. I've been reading his newsletter for a while, and um, he has something every day. And, and the economics of it were just interesting, but they were, you know like all of us, they can get a little over your head. But I really wanted to learn more, so I accepted his invitation and uh, went to this uh, roundtable in Dallas.
1: So were any sort of trends discussed or that sort of thing? I always like to look for a theme or a trend when these um, roundtables get together because generally that seems to direct a lot of the conversation. Was that the case, or was it just a potpourri of of, of different topics?
0: Well, you know, we, the focus was on oil and gas, but, you know, I like to see numbers in action. And this presentation took the information that I already knew and really put it into perspective, um, you know, for the way that I lend and who I want to lend to. So it really made a big impact on me. You know, one of the things that they were talking about were trends, and the thing that I took away from it was that we're going to see WTI between 70 to $85 a barrel, and, you know, that's a good thing. You know, in our field uh, in in finance, we want stability and slow growth, and the trends that they were showing me really, really give us that.
1: I was having that conversation this weekend because pretty much anywhere I go, especially up near the Bakken, the big Bakken boom, and you know the Permians experiencing that in the in the headlines right now. So I'm sure you get that if you mentioned that you are involved in oil and gas in any way. Well, tell me about the Permian boom that's going on and what, what I like to tell people is that, you know, the, 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 um, kind of the crazy days are over. It's, it's really an industry right now. And like you mentioned, the slow growth, that's kind of what's happening. And, um, that's, it is a good thing, you know, because that the crazy days that were happening, you know, five, six years ago, that was really led to a lot of, um, unpredictability, And, and and of course, oil and gas does not like unpredictability. So um, that I don't know, to me, that's what I saw is that it's more of an industry. And it sounds like that was one of the trends there. If you said that, uh, you know, they're looking for the stability and slow growth. So that was one of the discussions, huh?
0: Absolutely. You know, everybody wants the big, fast paydays. But what we learned in the last uh, boom and bust when I went through that was that payouts were so high. You know, we had this huge oil, we had these huge payouts. I mean, the daily rates on uh, on labor and rentals was huge. But at the same time, when it went down, it went down hard and fast. And nobody could make that work. You know, and so um overhead was really killing people. So that's one thing that the stability provides. It provides, you know, business owners with a way to run their company and be able to gauge things on a better basis than just, oh, yeah, we're looking at, you know, it's just going to go up, up, up. We, we want to see steady. And steady is going to give the predictability to help a business grow because a business needs to grow steadily. To really hit what it wants to, you know, keep everything, um, you know, transitioning well and keep it balanced.
1: You know, you you mentioned overhead, and I was gonna throw out there because I usually do. You know, during the big heyday, uh, the big hundred dollar oil days, that sort of things. um, You know, we there was kind of a little bit of a warning for people that never really experienced the oil and gas industry in the past to you know, don't go put that 16 fleet expansion on quite yet. Um, Don't, you know, overspend uh, your overhead right now because, you know, you're not sure what's going to happen. And, you know, when you think about the election coming up and and, um, just kind of some of the political things that's happening over in the Middle East, and I think of the tariffs and and some of these uh, steel prices and increases, that can kind of play into this a little bit. So what you're talking about with overhead is really, uh, in my opinion, just like it was before when prices drop, people really do need to examine where they've spent their money, especially right now, don't they?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the company's overhead will either make them or break them. And, um, you know, we have a lot of things that play into that. Uh, it's your equipment, uh, your uh, labor your fuel your insurance all of these things play a part and a lot of people think oh yeah i'll just pick up another truck i'll just go buy it well have they really examined a can you get a man to drive that truck b are you going to be able to afford the increase in insurance that you're going to be having and C, what about that payment even if you buy it at cash you're still going to have some things that come out from that cash is not always key in this game you know, there is a way to uh, wax and wane that to where it's really to the benefit. Um, you know, and let's talk about fuel. You know, in most cases, fuel is a big part of overhead. And, um, you know, Tim's thought was that fuel will go down before Christmas. And if there's no shakeup politically after the election, the status quo will continue. And that's really what we want to see. You know, so it's, it's really taking it all into account to make sure that they're getting the most of their dollar and taking every dollar that's coming in and accounting for that. And that's something that we like to help our clients with is to really see the big picture so that they can put the right amount of you know new um, labor into play and new equipment into play.
1: Kayla Sprayberry with Hub Funding Solutions. Uh, she was just at a round table economics of oil and gas. And I was going to ask you, um, I think you mentioned Tim Snyder, Matador economics, uh, car in Ingram, Ingham, and Baron Ingram. Lucas. Did I, I, I kind of quickly wrote them down. So, uh, I apologize to car for the last name. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Ingham. Thank you. Of. uh, EHS and did they talk about kind of the future do they speculate a little bit on uh, predictions that sort of thing or did they just mostly stay in the in the present in the past or did they have anything to say about what what to look for next year
0: they did talk about the future and I want to say Baron Lucas was with EHS and um, you know what was great about this was that they didn't all just agree they didn't try to create some um some one idea. They all had different ideas, and, and it was very interesting, especially coming up on the future. Someone said, we can't do that for one. One of them said, yes, we can. And, they, and we kind of came to a, an understanding that, uh, you know, as long as things stay along the same lines politically um, after this election, CapEx's price stability and employment should really stay about the same. Um, You know, as far as future goes out, they were really only comfortable going out through, you know, uh, second quarter of next year. And from what they're seeing, they said it should be good. You know, nobody knows if something goes crazy in the election, you know, some things change, then we're going to have some shakeups. If we have some shakeups in the Middle East, it could affect it somewhat. But really what they're showing is we have such a great market in oil and gas here right now that we can really do something productive in the future in the next 12, to 18 months. And, you know, I'll get to that here in a minute So I've got some ideas on that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're seeing that things through the second quarter next year could be really good. So there's room for that expansion, room to take on a little bit more um, for the end of this year and the start of next year. So all in all, they felt really good about it, which was great to hear. I mean, that's, that's what you want to hear when you know, we land anywhere from 24 months out to five years, you know, and that's what we really want to see is do you see something positive that we can grow in? I I really got that vibe.
1: Well, let's get to the big question here because these conferences are great to go to and network and meet people and everything, but at the end of the day, you got to take away something from there. You got to, you got to be able to extract some information from there. So, um, you guys over at Hub Funding Solutions, you know, without giving away the the farm here, what type of uh, uh, takeaways are, 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 you, are you guys bringing to your clients?
0: Okay, so so here's what we're seeing. You know, um, in the business, there's going to be fewer rigs right now. That doesn't necessarily mean less production. And, and this is what especially service companies really need to see. Production actually went up when the rig counts were low in 15 and 16 in Texas. Okay? So that that was our main focus was Texas. Didn't really talk about blocking much. That's some, you know, if somebody has information to give me, please hand it over to me. I'd love to see that. But um, production actually went up in rig counts, low in 15 and 16. And Jason, you know this, with the advancements in technology, they can drill a large amount of wells on one pad. Um, I saw it up in the Bakken, I'm seeing it in Texas even more. They can put anywhere from three to 10 wells on one pad, which is great for everyone. So, you know, if somebody's looking to get into the business or they're just getting out there, um, don't be fooled by the rig count.
1: Isn't that amazing what they're being able to do with, uh, with these wells now and, and walking rigs and, you know, um, I'm seeing, I'm, I haven't been confirmed, but three miles instead of two miles, you know, as far as the horizontal drilling, that sort of thing. How about the midstream pipelines, that sort of thing, you know, kind of those, I don't know if you call them ancillary, but you know, the, the, you know, the midstream companies, what any, any takeaways from there?
0: Oh, that's the thing. We're uh, seeing that they're going to be far from ancillary um, in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. What we're really looking at is a midstream and pipeline boom. The thing is is that they're all cleared to get put in. So we're seeing new pipelines that are going to be going in all over the place between between the next 12 and 18 months. So we're going to see a lot of opportunities for pipeline construction and hydro excavation um, in the next year, year and a half, which I'm really excited to see. I mean, these are a lot of the things that are not necessarily on a rig, but it's things where they can get great contracts and come in and really make a lot of good money and make a name for themselves while this is going on. So I'm really excited um, about that from a construction viewpoint.
1: Well, and that's the thing that I I believe is important to point out is that you know if you've got seventy dollar oil, eighty dollar oil, that sort type of thing, so you've got some good oil activity happening. And then, you know, you take a look at the infrastructure that's being built. So then you've got the infrastructure building side of things, too. So you've got a lot of just economic activity happening and, and percolating around oil and gas. And, you know, that, that, what a great time. I mean, what a great time to be in the industry. Of course, the backbone of all of this um, you know, there is the rail to a certain degree, but really trucking, you know, I mean, I guess the, the rail would be the backbone of the economy and then the trucking industry would be the arteries and everything else, I guess. But, you know, we, we got to get the goods and services from point A to point B. We got to get the, the stuff to the market. Uh, was trucking discussed during this uh, round table discussion and, and, you know, what, what type of uh, takeaway do you have for that industry?
0: It was, it was, and I was really glad to see that it was discussed. I mean, we're working with trucking companies that are in oil and gas, but we're also working with trucking companies that are in aggregate hauling, that are in goods goods hauling, you know, like even down to your grocery stores. And trucking is going to continue to be a huge factor in uh, a growing uh, industry. So it looks like with the DOT changes that are taking place that it's going to be easier for companies to fill their seats. you know that's been a struggle over the past year is just getting drivers in the seats um so that's something that that I've been glad to see. Uh, another thing we discussed was um the impact of the tariffs, and what we're seeing is that the tariffs will have an impact on the price increases of new trucks and trailers um, of course, you know that's they have to be manufactured with something. But um, companies are able to avoid that increase, especially with us, because you know, get a used truck, get a used trailer. There's a lot of them that are out there. They're really nice. We help source some. You know, a lot of people come to them, to us, and just say, hey, I found a used truck and a used trailer. Can you do it? And 9 times out of 10, we can. So that's really going to help bypass. New trucks are great, but if you can find an uh, older truck that... Uh, know, you can make work, so can we. And that's what I'm really excited about is that we're going to be able to keep trucking going to mitigate some of that overhead cost to them um by being able to fund uh you know used trucks and trailers.
1: Kayla Sprayberry Hub Funding Solutions. So what's happening around your office? What are you guys focused on here? We're kinda of winding up the interview. So uh, what's going on at you, at your guys' uh, place of business? You guys uh, have some pretty exciting stuff for the fourth quarter and next year?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. I mean, we've had a really, really great month in October so far. Just closed another one today that should be funding in about 15 minutes now. And um, we're just really excited about it. Uh, We've expanded our solutions. Um, You know, our working capital options have really, really come into play this uh, past couple months. Basically, if we can't get you funded with working capital, nobody can. You know, and I know that that's a bold statement. But it's, we've had a lot of big things come into play, and I'm just really excited to see where that's going to go. Um, on, um, let's go to the equipment side, the equipment, the vehicles. Uh, we're now able to order from the manufacturers on uh, vehicles, which is a big thing, especially with Ford. Um, we love to do F-250s, F-350s, four fifties, five fifties, the big things, cranes, all those good things, and we can do all of those now that we weren't able to do before. And I can do one or I can do 100. And so I think that's something that we're really going to be shaking up the game and um, really going to spitting against those uh, rental companies now. A lot of those vehicle companies are renting uh, just like the equipment. Uh, They're there to make a profit, and the way we do it, we're there to help you get 100% write-off. So that's something that we're really excited about. And then, um, oh, one thing I wanted to say: uh, we just got in, approvals to go up to 150000 app only. That's great when somebody just needs to pick something up. And then our total lending um, capability has gone up to $2 billion per transaction.
1: That's with a B? So, with a B. Billion. With
0: a B, I'm, uh, it, uh, I'm really excited about that one.
1: Well, that's pretty neat. Two billion dollars per transaction. Um, you know, I w- I wanted to ask you, you know, if you guys are getting in that kind of uh, dollar range, the first thing that popped into my head was some of these these uh, shops and and almost strip malls, if you will, in in some of the oil towns that are growing. Do you guys get it much into commercial real estate?
0: Yeah, we do actually. Um, I'm actually doing a a refinance on some commercial real estate to free up some capital. Basically, we're doing a a commercial real estate uh, refinance with a cash out. So that means like this uh, manufacturing company I'm working with, they wanted to pay down some things. We're going to refinance their um, existing real estate, take that cash out, and they're going to pay off some debt with it. And then we're going to get them on a restructure to um, help them create more cash flow. Um, also doing that for, uh, a farmer and, then, uh, that's been interesting. And then also going into, um, you know, storefronts and yards, things like that. If somebody's looking to get commercial real estate or they're looking to refinance it and get some cash out, we are able to do both of those now. And, um, it's really exciting to be able to serve our, serve our clients all the way around.
1: Well, there's a lot of reasons to get some cash. So uh, Kayla Sprayberry with Hub Funding Solutions, uh, tell us how that uh, people can find you online or give you a phone call or send you an email, that type of thing. Anybody who wants to think about getting some cash or or a loan or something like that in the oil and gas business, commercial real estate, a number of different things, aggregate, trucking, all kinds of things. So how can people contact you?
0: Yeah, the best way to uh, find us is to go to our website, hubfundingsolutions.com. And then I'm really active on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is a great way to find us. And uh, we post content, stories, um, things that we've done just to keep people engaged and uh, we're easy to get with. Uh, you can also call us direct. I'm big on phone calls. Our direct number is 806 or you can email us at info at hubfundingsolutions.com.